Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And what that does is it shortens the distance between the tip of the nose and the lip because as we age, that distance gets longer. And the longer it gets, apparently or supposedly that sort of is a sign of aging. And so people do these lip lifts to kind of give, you know, like little kind of lifted look to the lip. And I just think it's crazy because it's like, what if it comes out wrong? Like that's the center of your face, right? And so I just feel like that is so scary. I would never do that. And it's so easy to do it with a pencil. And then you just wash it off at night, you know? I'm Kirby. And I'm Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Every week we break down the most important beauty news and launches, interview your favorite beauty experts, influencers, and celebrity guests, and review our favorite beauty products of the moment as your beauty editor BFFs from the beautiful and great city of Los Angeles. Welcome Glamgelinos. We Ooh. hope you stay a while. Cute. That's cute. Kirby, do you know whose birthday it was yesterday? Yes, I do. Of course I do. <laughs> Kimberly Noel Kardashian West turned 41. Happy birthday. Wow, 41. You know, when I look at the baby photos that her mom posts, she really is a stunning Just person. Stun- yeah, from the very beginning. Correct. When our guest says that she is the most beautiful person he has ever seen or like laid eyes on or whatever like I I believe that no I totally believe it and I've always been a proponent of Kim looking even more beautiful without makeup mm-hmm. yep I, I I agree you know no wonder Courtney and Chloe get a little jealous sometimes <laughs> I mean, but Courtney's kind of thriving. She's thriving right now. Congratulations to Courtney, by the way. Kravis. Kravis is happening. I would hate to be famous or have dated a famous person because everyone was like, oh, yay, Courtney and Travis. How is Scott doing? I read that he's like kind of sad. Is that true? I read that he was kind of sad as well, that he was happy for her, but kind of sad. Who did he give that interview to? He definitely told somebody within the Kardashian camp that somehow got to E, I'm pretty sure. And like I I loved reading the comments on that post because everyone was so <laughs> pissed at Scott. They're like, you had 11 years or however many years. Too little too late, Scott. Like so. Yeah, he's all sad. I'm like, okay, then freaking get your life in order, sir. Stop being a dumbass. Stop dating Maybe, maybe try that. Yeah, maybe stop dating uh, 18 and 19-year-olds. That's that's a thought. I had a thought about like how Mason, that's his name, right? The old, yeah. Yeah, the oldest. Like he definitely is on social media and is definitely seeing all of this, all, all of the pictures of Kravis on his Instagram feed. I wonder what he must be thinking. Yeah, I do think the PDA is a little much. The, the legs around the bod <laughs> holding the naked ass thing. It's a, it is a little much, Kravis. I celebrate it, and obviously everyone is, like, rooting for them. And it's like, you know, love, we love love. But yes. I am just thinking of it from her children's perspective. <laughs> like, ew, mom. I know. Penelope's like, ma'am? Oh, Penelope. What's happening here? Um. Yeah, no, I totally feel you on that. I feel like Courtney just... DGAF. DGAF. She doesn't. She really doesn't. All that to say, we have we do give an AF about this next guest. Mario, I'm gonna butcher the last name. He even told us how to say it. Mario Dedivanovic. How do how do you say it? Dedivanovic, right? Oh, Dedivanovic. Dedivanovic. Yes. Mario Dedivanovic. Wow, I keep butchering. Mario Dedivanovic. Beautiful last name, by the way, but 
You all know him affectionately as Makeup by Mario. This man, honestly, he and Jen Atkin were the ones that really like made the celebrity glam squads go to new heights. Mm -hmm. We all knew that celebrities had people do their hair and makeup, gave, you know, the celebrity secret weapon of it all. But I feel like Mario and Jen were the ones that really made themselves celebrities in a way. I don't think either of them would call themselves that, but they both have probably the most follow, like most followers out of any other glam squad person on any social media platform. Totally. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think what you were saying to the fact that they didn't set out to be celebrities themselves, it was just the fact that they were so open with sharing their knowledge and their skills like they both hold master classes and they both um you know used social and youtube as a platform to share all these techniques with people whereas before people were very hush hush and you know they were competitive so they didn't want to share you know how they did a certain look or whatever um and to your point like jen and mario i feel like both were like no here this is how to do it this is how I do it this is what I do on Kim this is you know like the tools that I use whatever and um obviously this worked to their benefit yeah they were both in Kim Kardashian Hollywood remember you could go to Punta Mita I'm going to Punta Mita oh my god I was just watching Kim's Instagram videos and she was plugging the game still yeah Wow. For her I had to delete the app. I had to because I was spending so much money on Kim Kardashian Hollywood to try to get to Punta Mita that I had to reevaluate my life choices. I'm like, why have I spent $127 oh on coins so I could get cute outfits to go to Punta Mita? It was a bad decision. I had to get rid of it. Kim was ahead of her time in the gaming. She really was. She really was. I can't help it. I freaking, I love Kim Kardashian. Yes, there are things I want to be like, please stop doing that. But we love her. As we saw on SNL, she's in on the joke. Very much so. She can poke fun at herself. She can poke fun at her family. And Mario has done her makeup for 13 years. He is the one that essentially like gave us the Kim Kardashian glam. Mm -hmm. And it's why he is like the makeup artist when people talk about celebrity makeup artists. So as you all are well aware, he launched his own brand last year. And we are personally huge fans of the brand. I There has been not one single drop that I haven't loved. And I think it's just because he is a makeup artist. He is a professional. He knows what works, what looks good. He comes out with products that are not only great for like the consumer to use at home, but like professionals would feel comfortable using on set. He's just so lovely. And we're so grateful that he spent some time with us. So I'm excited for you guys to listen to this interview. We are excited. Mario launched a new product, well, too. They are the suede lipsticks, which are gorgeous. One's named Jeff. Iconic. Iconic. And you'll you'll learn who Jeff is, if you're curious at all. (laughs) I just think it's gonna be a thing. I think people are gonna like fall in love with Jeff as a lipstick and then we're gonna go play. It's like gonna be like Lincoln Park after dark or Ruby Woo. It's gonna be like Jeff from Makeup by Mario. I don't know about that, but let's (laughs) let's put it out there. I 100% believe in Jeff. I believe. I believe. So enjoy this episode with Mario, and we will be back on Tuesday with a a real interesting episode. That's all I'm going to say. It's Y'all are going to hear some of our unfiltered thoughts about an experience we're going to have on Monday. I love, so. I love these teases you do. Gets me excited. I don't think y'all even know. Like we don't e- we don't even know. We're shocked that this expect. is happening. Yeah, we don't even know. We're shocked. We're shocked that this is happening, but we're doing it, and uh, we're pretty excited about it. So, talk to you on Tuesday, and then thank you for being on the show, Mario.
Kirby, this has been a long time coming. I feel like it's Christmas morning here on Los Angeles. Same. Do you feel the Christmas magic in October? (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do. And that is because we teased that this person was going to be on the podcast. We said, who do we talk about religiously? Who are we consistently impressed by? Who would we die to have on this podcast? Lo and behold... We made it happen. Makeup by Mario. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, Mario, your skin is glowing, glowing like the gods. Okay, so low key, because I had a press event today, I have makeup on and I have about $5,000 of lighting in front of me. So (laughs) I think that's what's making it look good. Pull back the curtain, Mario. Tell us. We have a segment that we kick off every episode with called What's on Your Face. I feel like this is a good segue into that. What is on your face? Ooh. Oh, my God. So I actually cannot even tell you. It's a new product I've been working really hard on here at MBM, and I can't share, unfortunately, what it is. But it's a complexion thing. It's like a miracle thing. It's like you put it on really quickly and it literally just like makes you look awake and gives you like the little tiniest bit of coverage, but not really. And it also gives you a little warmth. It's probably one of the most exciting things I'm working on for the future. Oh my God. You are speaking our language. We want all the things. (laughs) Easy, fast, makes us look awake, a little bit of coverage. When can we expect this? I'm working on so many things simultaneously. It's so crazy how many collections we work on at the same time. I believe this one is 2022. Is there anything on your face currently or even like on your vanity right now that you are obsessed with? Can be Makeup by Mario, can be like just a brand that you love? Yeah, I mean, on my face right now, which is the same thing as on my face every day, it's the my brow pencil. You know, once you kind of hit that 35 mark, you know, you start thinning on the outer corners of your brows. And so I basically don't leave the house without a brow pencil on. It's really transformative on me in the sense that it just kind of makes me look younger and I feel much more confident with it. So I kind of selfishly created that product for me so that it just kind of cuts that time in half for me in the morning because I just dread doing makeup in the morning. I just want to leave the house. So I created the Master Blade Brow Pencil and that's what's on my face right now. And probably anytime you'll ever see me, it's on my face. You have beautiful skin. Thank you. I've seen you in person at events and it looks exactly like it looks like it almost looks like there's a filter on it, right? Mm-hmm. Do you do a lot of treatments or anything? No, like weirdly enough, I don't. I'm so not high maintenance when it comes to my own skin. I sort of put all that energy towards my work and towards my clients and towards the consumer, right? But for myself, I do like the bare minimum. I literally use Neutrogena face wash for years and I use a moisturizer and that's pretty much it. I use the Augustina Spader, the rich cream or the regular cream. And that's all I do. I do nothing else to my skin. Okay. So then is this like genetics, your Albanian roots? Like, do your parents have beautiful skin as well? Yeah, actually. My mom, like my mom looks good. She's 75 years old, but like she really looks good. She doesn't really have a fancy ritual either. She was never allowed to actually wear makeup her whole entire life just because of cultural you know, reasons. Yep. And then even when she got married, she wasn't allowed to wear it. And so she just never, ever wore any makeup. And so I'm sure that maybe has something to do with it too, you know? Totally. Okay, so... We're going to just jump right in. For those who may not be familiar with you, which if you're listening to this podcast, I don't know how that's even remotely possible. But growing up, Mario, what did you want to do with your life? Or were you told that you needed to do a specific vocation with your life? And how did you get into makeup? Growing up, I really didn't know. I just knew originally, like when I was very, very, very young, I I wanted to be a doctor, right? And then I went through a phase for many, many years where I thought for sure I was going to be a teacher, right? Because I just loved to teach. And so I would come home after school and there was this little tiny like office area in our basement apartment, like where my dad was the super of the building. And so it was like where the entrance of the basement was. And there was this little cabinet thing that somehow I could write on it with chalk and erase it. And, you know, it didn't look like it was messed up. And so I'd lock myself in there and I would have like a pretend class behind me and I would teach and I would write on the chalkboard. And I just loved teaching. I still do, obviously, hence like the master class and all of that. And so I thought I was going to be a teacher. It was strange because I was always unsure, right? I knew at a pretty young age that I was gay, but I suppressed it, of course, and I hid it, you know, because I'm Albanian and that's just kind of unheard of, right? And so I was never really confident about what I was going to do. I was very unsure. 
I knew I loved beauty, right? And, and I was so attracted to like fashion, beauty, uh, interior design, right? I didn't grow up amongst it because, you know, we lived in a basement apartment. There was no beauty or luxury around me. But when I would go clean apartments with my mom, I would go help her to clean apartments. You know, I was exposed to these homes in the city that were beautifully designed and there was artwork and textures. And it was my favorite thing to do to go to work with her. Like I would literally like take so much pride in vacuuming their carpets and making sure the lines were straight. And, you know, I just reveled in, in all of that the sort of beauty and symmetry. And then I would also have my dad drive me to Westchester. Like that was one of my other favorite things to do, drive to Westchester so I could look at the lawns and the landscaping and the symmetry of the flowers. You know, so there was something there for sure my whole life. And so when I was 17, I started working at Sephora. This is right after high school. I got a job at Sephora and that's where I sort of really sort of had my first touch with makeup. Actually, I had my first touch of makeup during my childhood. My mom would bring makeup home because she worked for L'Oreal. She was a cleaning woman in the L'Oreal buildings for about 20 something years. So like my whole childhood, she worked at L'Oreal and she'd bring home uh, makeup and she'd give it to my sisters and stuff. And I would go in the bathroom sometimes and I would lock the door and I'd open the cabinet. Oof, I'm getting chills. I would open the cabinet and and remember those little L'Oreal duo eyeshadows that had a clear top and like a black bottom and there was like a duo eyeshadow. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember specifically... I would open the cabinet and I would open it and I would swatch it, rub it into my finger. And then I would vigorously like scrub it off because they would be sort of etched into my fingerprints. And I was so terrified that like my mom or sisters would see that I touched it. Who knows? I probably wanted to put it on my eyes, but I wouldn't have dared, you know? And so there was something there too, obviously. I was very attracted to it, but I was afraid of it. And so when I started to work at Sephora, it's like, it was like my whole world opened up because I was like, holy shit, like... Nothing had ever made me feel like that, right? Like when I helped this woman choose a lipstick on my first day of work, because I used to work in front of the door, basically, they put me in front of the door to hand out baskets and say, welcome to Sephora. This woman kind of said, hey, can you help me choose a lipstick? And there was like this gondola at that time, this is 21, 22 years ago. They had this like wall of like rainbow lipsticks, right? Every color you could imagine. You know, I was supposed to say like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to get someone from color or makeup to help you. But I just went and I grabbed the lipstick. And so I literally just kind of instinctively chose this color. It's so vivid in my mind. It was like a whiny red shade that had a sheerness to it. And she put it on in the little mirror and she kind of was like, hmm. she smiled and she goes, I love this. And that was it. Like I knew at that moment, like that this is what I was going to do for the rest of my life. I also knew like at the same time that like, oh my God, like, how am I going to tell my parents this, right? It's shameful enough that I'm gay, right? And I won't be able to get married to a woman and have kids for them, right? Because that's all they live for. And now on top of it, their son is going to be a makeup artist. It's like, how much more to them? That'd be crazy. And so I immediately latched on to the idea. I saw like NARS and Laura Mercier and Jeannie Lobel had a line called Stila, obviously Stila at that time. So there were these makeup artist brands and I just latched onto them because in my mind, well, my mom worked for L'Oreal and L'Oreal has all these other brands. And so she worked in that offices. And so she's familiar with the corporate world of makeup, not really familiar, but like that's all she knew. And so if I would have a line one day, she would make possibly be proud of me. That sort of determined the trajectory of my career. So I set a goal in those early days that I was going to have a makeup line one day because my mom would understand what that was. So um, back then there was no social media. So like you couldn't sort of be an overnight success. And so as I began to research the industry, because when I decided I wanted to do that, I began to go to the library every day and research like crazy fashion, beauty, photographers, makeup artists. And so I knew sort of by looking at sort of who these people are that had lines that they had put in all those years, like to earn their sort of status. Right. And so I set the goal of like 20 years. I was like, I'm going to work for 20 years and I'm going to do this on my 20th year. And I actually did it on the month and day, like on the 20th year anniversary of when I started in that store. Your mom must be just so incredibly proud of you. She definitely is. It took a few years, you know, I hit it in the beginning for quite a while until my sister found this Nike shoebox in my closet. They would give us gratis at Sephora back in those days. And because I was a fragrance consultant, I worked in fragrance, I was supposed to get fragrance gratis, but I would trade it in for makeup secretly. And so I would get brushes and makeup and I would start hiding them in this Nike shoebox, which I still have. And that was essentially my first makeup kit. When I got hired on my first job outside of Sephora to do these cabaret singers, I was doing their eye makeup at the Urban Decay Gondola, I remember, and they hired me. They're like, can we hire you to do our makeup for this performance that we're doing in Times Square? And I was like, yeah. And 
I think I did it for 20 bucks or 25 bucks. And I took my shoe box of makeup. That was my kit. I thought I was so official, man. When I got that job, I was like, that's it. I am official. I'm a makeup artist. But eventually my family found the box and it was a whole like thing. You know, they confronted me when I got home, my sister and my mom, I just lost it. And I got up, I ran away from home and I took that one box and that was it. That was all I took. And I left home until they called me back and I finally came back like a, a week or two later. But because no one was going to stop me at that point, like I had found that purpose for the first time in my life, I felt 100% confident that this was what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm going to do. And nothing was going to stop me, you know? And so that's pretty much how it all panned out. I could listen to you talk about your story forever. One thing that popped in my head when you talk about the Nike box, how cool would it be if Nike created makeup kits for <laughs> professionals, like rainproof, sturdy as hell. You could have the makeup by Mario and Nike collaboration. Should we, can we get that? Let's make that happen. Let's manifest that. 100%. Like a really chic black and white collab. Let's put it out there. So my first collection, the PR kit that came in that sort of really chic white box, like that was sort of what it was inspired by. It was inspired by that Nike shoe box of mine because I still have it, guys. It actually just got ruined in the flood that we had recently because oh, no. it was in my parents' basement. Yeah, so it's all like jacked up now, but it's okay. I still have it. It says Mario's stuff on it because I was like trying to be discreet, like, you know, Mario's stuff. <laughs> it had all makeup in it. Oh my gosh, you have to get it like framed or something. Oh, wait, I have a miniature version. Let me show you. <laughs> so, you know, Fabian Barron, who was the initial sort of creative design director of the brand and helped me with the packaging, they actually made me a mini version of it. How cute is this, guys? Oh my, oh God. my God, that's amazing. Yeah. This is exactly what it looked like, except it was a regular size. That is precious. Well, thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing that with us, Mario. Of course. Sarah and I were holding back tears. So we just appreciate you. And you're such a special artist, a special talent. And I think that you just continuing to share your story like this is only going to help so many more people. Yeah, for sure. I found over the years, it really does. A lot of people relate, you know, especially with my masterclass students over the year, because with them, you know, I spend truly a whole day with them and I talk with them and I connect with them. And you don't get to do that on social media as much, but it really does make a difference in people's lives. You know, they have similar stories, especially children of immigrant parents. We all kind of go through similar things like this, you know. I would love to revisit the days that you worked at Sephora again. Can you share maybe like what you remember working and like what people were really drawn to product wise or like what the trends were? Yes. So, oh gosh, in those days, I remember, let me see, I worked at a couple of different locations, Flatiron and Rockefeller Center. I remember specifically like philosophy and fresh mm -hmm. philosophy and fresh were like the it brands like everyone would come in for those two brands and then makeup wise these were the days of kit and eyeshadow stila from stila these were the days of midnight cowboy from urban decay you know urban decay was just like the cool brand there was also a lot of brands back then that no longer exist you know i remember vincent longo being big in sephora at those days Lorac Cosmetics was like really big in Sephora in those days. They're still around. I actually went on after Sephora. I was recruited by Lorac. And so after Sephora, I went on to work for them as like a regional makeup artist where I traveled to all the Sephoras and worked for them. But the trends, hmm, let me see. Good question. I mean, early 2000s, like I think those days, like when I first started at Sephora, like in 2000, those were like the days that were leading up to sort of this glam Mario kind of era when we started doing that really glam makeup in 2009, 2008. It wasn't as, I guess, polished in the early 2000s. I feel like it got a little more polished. It's kind of tricky. It's hard to say because it depends on how you look at it. It was pre-social media. The only way that they were exposed to things were by, let's say, Kevin O'Quan's books, right? Like the tricks of the trade in terms of like that style of makeup. And then I think the timing, right? So when I came along and then I met Kim, it all just was like the perfect storm, the timing, because it was really in the really beginning of social media. And no one prior to that had really shared their, you know, getting ready techniques or makeup celebrities just didn't do that. And makeup artists didn't either. It was considered sort of cheesy, right? Like you don't go and share your, your makeup tips and tricks with anyone, right? Because the industry was competitive. You kind of, you know, kept those things sacred. You know, we kind of were just like, all right, well, here it is. Here's the curtain, you know, pulling back the curtain and showing all of those things. And I think it just sort of slowly began to have this like ripple effect, the Twitter and then YouTube. So 
I remember makeup just kind of being normal back then. Like it wasn't anything crazy, you know, something also very charming to me about that era in that there was less pressure, you know, people didn't have social media and didn't, you know, know how to contour and do all these things. And I feel like almost in a way, like we might be going back into that, like little by little, which I love, right? Because I feel like deep down, as much as it's nice for the everyday girl to sort of know how to like contour her nose and all this stuff, like it's not necessary. Like that's too much pressure for like a regular person to be dealing with in the morning. Like, oh, let me snatch my nose before I go to work. Like what? Just, you know, throw, throw some makeup on it and, and look pretty and go to work, you know? They'll be there for hours trying to s- narrow the nose. <laughs> yes. There was something innocent about those days and that there was not that much pressure. You know, it was just kind of fun and light and, you know. I think Gen Z is kind of bringing that idea back, right? Like these imperfect photos, like anytime I'm scrolling through and I see Emma Chamberlain, it's like her eyes rolled back in her head. The picture's blurry. It's not so like put together posed. I love, love, love this whole generation of Gen Z, like just how uninhibited they are. It's so different from sort of my generation, which is more of like the mid 2000s, where everything was sort of just flawless and perfect and like the lighting and you know, you didn't want to be caught with a hair out of place and that whole thing. And like, they're so uninhibited and they just give zero fucks about any of that stuff, which <laughs> I love. Like, I think it's so cool. I think it's so refreshing and I think it's much needed. You know, it was like perfect timing as well for that, where they just have fun. When they learn a tip, it's like, it's not like, oh, you have to leave your house every day like this. No, it's just like, oh, here's a fun tip and trick. And if I mess up, it's okay. You know, totally. they don't need like perfect lighting around them. It's like they just film wherever they are, where do whatever they want. And there's something so modern and fresh uh, to me about that. And I just love it. Okay. So we would be remiss not to talk about Miss Kimberly Noel. Okay. <laughs> Stop. That's what I call her when I'm mad at her. <laughs> <laughs> Mario, I literally refer to her. If I mention Kim on this podcast, she is Kimberly Noel Kardashian West, like the nothing else. Okay. That's so, what I call her. You mentioned 2008. That's when y'all met. I was reading you met on the set of a magazine shoot for the Hamptons called Social Life. Is that right? That is right. What was your first impression of her when you met her? (laughs) I remember vividly that day. So the night before that happened, right, it was a last minute thing. This photographer called me and I was at home in my little studio apartment in Astoria. And he's like, I need you tomorrow. He's like, I'm shooting this girl for this Social Life magazine cover and she's coming tomorrow i'm sorry it's last minute and i was like i'm so sorry i can't do it like because I, I had work booked the next day and he's like please 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 mario you have to do it and like i didn't know who kim kardashian was i had heard the name because i think it was her first season had aired on e but it was very small right by no means was she like a nationally known star and I kind of had this vision of like this kind of sexy girl in my mind like with with brunette hair but i didn't really know and I eventually agreed to do it, right? And I was like, all right, fine. So I called my job. I said, I'm going to be late tomorrow. I have to do something last minute. So I go to the job. It was in this apartment in the city. And I remember she walked in and she had a juicy couture jumpsuit thing on, you know, with a zipper. And she walked in and I just remember, you know, she has such a calming energy about her. She still does. Like she has like an aura about her, but also something very calming. And she walked in and hi guys, hi guys, you know, in her little voice. And I just remember thinking in my head for that split second, when I looked, I was like, wow, she's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I still do think she's the most beautiful woman ever. And she sat down and it was like magnetic. Like I just couldn't stop. Like my hands were just molding around her face and I felt so comfortable. And I just knew intuitively what to do to her. And like the more I worked on her, she began to pull out this like little camera, right? Because we didn't even have, I think back then we had flip phones. Blackberries, I don't think were out yet. But so she took out this camera. Um, she had that for years. And she would start, you know, like this selfies and she'd be taking pics. And so I'd be kind of like, what the hell is she doing? Like, why is she taking (laughs) pictures? Right. Because she had a blog and she shared everything with her followers on the blog. I didn't know any of this about her at the time. And so she took the pictures and I was like, okay, this girl really loves makeup. Like, so after we were done, we did our little shoot and she goes, okay, I know this is weird. She goes, but would you mind to take me shopping right now before I leave to LA to buy all the makeup you used on me? And I was like, okay. But in back of my mind, I'm like, because like I had to go to work and I was already so late to work. And so I'm like, what am I going to do? Because I'm going to have to like call work again. Anyway, I agreed. I said, yes. So we jumped in a car and I remember we went to Henry Bendel's because I had worked there before like freelancing. We walked into Henry Bendel's and I took her around and we bought, you know, some of the items that I used on her. That was it. She left. She took my number and she began to call me. You know, this was like right in the very, very beginning, right before she did Dancing with the Stars. So she wasn't even like on the talk show circuits yet. 
when she was doing press and stuff. And so she had just begun. I remember specifically she came to New York after that. And we had like Tyra Banks booked and The View and Wendy Williams. And she was promoting, I think, her, I don't know if it was season two of the show or maybe even A Dancing with the Stars. But it was so fresh and new. And she was so new to it all. Actually, I had a moment last weekend at SNL, really powerful moment where oh, I was looking at the screen uh, as she was saying, hi, I'm Kim Kardashian West and I'm hosting a Saturday Night Live. And I got that vision from that first day that we worked together when she was just this young little girl and she was so excited to go on these shows. And then I was like, holy shit, like what just happened? Like she's hosting Saturday Night Live. It was just a beautiful moment to like be able to witness sort of that evolution, right? From this young sort of girl and to this sort of power global, massive superstar celebrity, you know? You're such a part of that though. I obviously like, Everyone knows Kim Kardashian is like the hardest working woman in business, but like you are such an integral part in like who she is and like why she is one of the most recognizable faces, you know, on the planet. It's like, you know, all thanks to you, Mario. Thank you. Well, I don't know. I can't take credit for that. I mean, that's what people say. I don't know. I have a hard time looking at it like that because I just feel like it's her. You know, I just look kind of like doing her makeup. I mean, it's this beautiful relationship that you have together that you've, you know, built over the last however many years. But I mean, it really is like everyone strives to be like you, do makeup like you, you know, you are just as iconic as she is at this point, especially in our eyes in the beauty industry. So. Oh, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. You know, it was all timing. It was all the universe, I think, that put me there with her in that moment. We were both so innocent in those days. We never intended or planned or there was no strategy behind any of it. We were just being us. We were young 20-something-year-olds. And then this all happened, and we didn't plan it. It just happened. I think that's, the, to me, the, the beautiful part about it. But really, I credit her for for being so selfless and for taking me along for the ride. You know what I mean? For always kind of remembering who's there for her and for making sure that she shines a light, you know? and. Mm-hmm. I really think she's a savior to me. I don't think I would be anywhere or even maybe even not here today at all had it not been from her. I think the universe put me with this particular person that was so opposite from me, right? She was so uninhibited and so opposite from me. I was like suppressed and secretive and quiet. And so she sort of shined a light on me and like made me break that, gave me a purpose in life. And so I'm just forever grateful to her for that. Mario, how has her makeup changed or evolved since you began with her? Do you think that it stayed mostly the same or are there some things that you guys have changed together? Yeah, of course. No, it's definitely evolved. We have like distinct little eras, right? I know in the beginning that under eye, the white under eye thing, that was a little crazy. We don't do that as much unless we're (laughs) going to be on stage or something, but it definitely evolves. I mean, you have to evolve. If you don't evolve at the times, you know, you stay kind of stuck, but I think we've definitely changed it. I think we've gone through stages where we really softened it. And then we got into another stage where we kind of amped it up again. It changes every now and then, but there are still certain techniques that I did, you know, 13 years ago or so, whenever that was and when I met her, and certain products actually that I still use to this day from, from day one. And those little kind of signature Mario things kind of are still in there, you know, little things here. Can we talk quickly a little bit about SNL and what that experience was like, like having to do her makeup for live TV? Like, were you nervous? Like, I'm sure you were so excited. Like, what was that like? I was excited. Like, I was just so excited that she was actually doing it because, you know, she's not a performer. I just the fact that she was uh, had agreed to do that and was going to do it. I was so proud of her. But aside from that, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into because I had never done a host for SNL. I think I've done performances over the years. But whoa, boy, like that was a production. There's so many things going on. The prep was like a week, right? So I was with her for the whole week doing the prep. But the actual like day, Saturday is so wild. Like there's so many changes and wig changes and costume changes. And like they had literally one minute to do it. And so just seeing that my anxiety was like out of the roof. Like it was just insane. These hairstylists that work there and the makeup artists that work there, just kudos to them because like they have to do a wig change literally in like 30 seconds and while the clothes are being changed. I mean, it's crazy. It was also like a, a long week on 
that scene with the club scene with the 40 plus three ladies in the club thing. <laughs> that was my favorite scene. But that day I had worked, we had worked 23 hours straight, which I'd never done. That was the first in my career, but we started early in the morning and we got home after I think three o'clock in the morning. All in all, it was fun. You know, it's always fun with her because when I'm with her, it's not really work to me. It's like, it feels like home to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just always fun, especially being that I live in New York and she's in LA. So anytime I get to spend like a whole week with her, I feel you know, complete. This is maybe the dumbest question ever, Mario, but you did obviously like all of her images that they use to promote the show. Did you do her makeup like pre-monologue and had it set? And then basically the rest of the SNL team would go in and like do little changes or like, were you working with her the entire time? I was working with her the entire The makeup didn't change a lot. So I just did okay. touch-ups. It's the hair and the wigs and stuff that changed a lot. So okay. I did that monologue makeup. Like that's what I sort of did the makeup for because those are sort of the lights and sort of that was the beginning of it. And then the skits and everything, those are sort of more acting things and the lights are not specifically like glam lights. You know what I mean? It's just like more uh -huh. real girl type of things. So she had all of the changes in wardrobe and wig changes, but the makeup just sort of touching up. You know what I mean? Touching up, powdering, fixing little things like that. So yeah, that's pretty much how that worked. Uh, thank God, because uh, I need time. I need time to do makeup and to fix makeup. But, you know, we both have a similar aesthetic in that when I do a makeup, I like it to last. And she likes to feel secure and confident that nothing moves. She's that type, you know. And so that's pretty much what we did in the morning. And it stayed until, you know, late that night. Yes. Looked incredible. I was like taking videos on my Instagram story going, this is hilarious, but oh my God, look at her face. It's literally looks perfect. I mean, she looks incredible. So mazel. Okay. Let's talk about the formulations, getting this together. I'm sure it was a huge undertaking. I don't know how you made ending decisions because I feel like you had maybe everything at your fingertips to choose from. No. No. Okay. So tell us, how did you go into making the brand? Oh my gosh. Where do I begin? How many days do we have? <laughs> okay. So this industry is a little secretive, right? When it comes to like labs and things like that. And so I'm also very secretive and kind of don't trust a lot of people. So like, I'm not the type to go out and ask for help, right? I try to figure things out on my own through researching and things like that. So I knew around 2017 that I'm like, okay, the 20 year anniversary is like approaching. And so I knew that it's going to take time for me to do this, like the right way, the way that I wanted to do it. And so I literally just began to try to figure things out. So I remember I was at a photo shoot actually doing a, a, a brand campaign for another big brand. And I was with my assistant and I was actually in the campaign. Like it's, it was like for a lip product. And I noticed that the lip products had little tape thing around it with like lab information. So I grabbed my assistant and I'm like, when they're not looking, take those products and take photos of the stickers. And because I wanted to know what labs to go to, because no one would tell me about the labs. At that time, like brands, when I would ask for things, they'd be like, oh, just do a collab with us. You don't want to do your own line. That's a lot of work, you know? And so she took the pictures and I researched that company, right? And I went in for my first meeting to a lab and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So they're bringing out products to me and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. But I would nothing would ever happen because like I didn't know how to push it forward, right? And then I remember I asked uh, for help. I asked Troy Surratt, uh, you know, of Surratt Beauty. I asked him, you know, we, we went out to dinner one night and I was like, you need to help me. I was like, you know, I trust you, but if you could just introduce me to some labs and stuff, I want to get this going. And so he did. He shared the labs with me. He connected me with them. And again, I went into the labs, so many labs, you guys, like every freaking lab in the tri-state area. Again, so they would start giving me formulas, but I just didn't know like where to start, like what to do. There's so many options, like what do I, you know? And so I still have all of those things, by the way, I just found them the other day, like all of those sort of like samples and stuff from the very beginning. Then I began to search for sort of like this corporate person, like a corporate, a corporate executive that could come, that I could hire to begin to actually implement and put all these things into place, right? Because it's a monster, you guys, like to actually start a brand from the beginning, it is literally a monster. There's so many different things involved and so many different facets. And then when you introduce the retail aspect of it, that is what turns it into like a even bigger monster, right? And so I met a few different people it didn't work out with them. And, you know, I remember sitting with my business manager and I heard this woman come named Alicia. Alicia was a 30 year veteran in the industry. She came from several artistry brands. So she had worked with several artist founders and things like that. She really believed in me and I really kind of hit it off with her, but she couldn't start because she was working with another brand and she, you know, she had her obligations that she needed to fulfill. And it almost didn't work out with her. And I remember telling my business manager after she left the meeting, I said, I think I'm going to give up. 
literally, like I thought, you know what, it, this is a sign. It's not working out for me. Everything I try, it just doesn't work out for me. It doesn't come to fruition. So maybe it's a sign that this is not meant for me. Maybe I should just move on and do something else. Cause like even my founder friends, they'd be like, Oh, you have such a great life. Like you're, you're such a successful career. Why would you want to like start a line and ruin all that? And like, just keep doing what you're doing. And I was going to, pretty much just quit, you know, let let go of that dream because it wasn't meant to be, I thought. He was basically like, don't you dare. You'll overcome this. She'll come through. She really wants to work with you. So anyway, she began then to literally like put little pieces together, right? I always say like, you know, if, if you look at it like an infrastructure and you're building a building, I had all these little pieces on the ground, right? And then she began to kind of screw them in together, right? And so Within like a week, I had like a product developer in my dining room. And then the next week I had this other person. And so then things started to become official. I didn't know what to launch though. I'm like, well, what do I launch? Like there's, you know, I use everything. And she's like, well, what do you do with the masterclass? You know, I was like, well, I start with eyes first. And she goes, okay, so why don't you start with eyes? And then, you know, she helped me kind of put it all together. And then I remember in 2019, I had just gotten the office and I was paying for everything on my own. Right. So I had just gotten the office. I had a, a space at WeWork and, you know, this stuff is all expensive. And I remember I signed the lease and I, here I am paying, you know, tens of thousands of dollars for office space. And we were planning to then hire the team members because we only had one team member at that time. It was just me, her and one other person we hired. And then COVID happened. So literally, I thought <laughs> I thought my life was over, you guys. I was sitting in my house. COVID happened. My whole entire life stopped. All of my bookings were done. All of the jobs and the master classes and all the things that would support this company that I was building were no longer. You know, I had also a home that was being renovated. I had my other home that I was living in, and I just thought it was over because I'm like, I'm going to lose everything now. I went through a bad depression, if I'm being honest, during that whole time. But I had, I think the brand was a savior to me because I had to get up and get on those Zoom calls with Sephora and with the retailers, with the lab. I had no choice. So I had to like force myself, get up, brush my teeth, take a shower, and get in front of that camera and just you know, make it happen. Alicia was in Florida at her home in Florida. We basically virtually did it everything, you know, it got to a point where I needed to get out of the house. I couldn't anymore have like all of this product in my kitchen and in my dining room. I felt like I was drowning, you know? And so I put everything into a luggage and I came into the office space by myself. And this was like in the midst of COVID when like, it was scary, you know, in New York. I somehow managed to convince my product developer at that time to also come meet me at the office. And she did. My office is like adjoining from the PD office. And so she would go in there and I would go in here. I sort of transferred everything here. That's how we did it, you know, but then there was this whole challenge. I had presented to Sephora several months before that, thinking that I'm only going to have maybe like a small little shelf in there or something, or like a, one of those like removable kind of shelves that are in the front. And so that's what I had proposed to them. And I did a whole presentation for them, a whole video, and I, you know, showed them everything. And there was all the corporate executives there. It turns out after the presentation that they're like, no, no, you're not getting a shelf. You're getting a gondola. And, you know, and so then it turned into this whole bigger thing, right? And then it turned into like 600 stores. And then I was like, oh my God, like this is, this is like really real. And then we needed millions of dollars, right? I couldn't do this anymore on my own because I would have had nothing. So went through that whole process, which was so tumultuous because, you know, that whole finance part of it is very stressful for me because in a sense, I didn't want to give up ownership. If I'm being honest, <laughs> I wanted to remain definitely the sole owner, which I am, but I also wanted sort of if somebody was going to invest and give a little bit of money, I wanted it to be someone that I sort of knew or someone that I felt a connection with. I didn't want to give it to a stranger. I felt that was weird. And so it turned out the way I wanted to after a lot of, let's just say it was a tumultuous period, you know, and then here we are, we're going to launch in 600 stores and Sephora had ordered massive quantities. I mean, I'm talking in the hundreds of thousands of units and then COVID, right? And so then I have this pressure of like, oh my God, like no one's buying makeup. No one's leaving the house. Like, what are we going to do? And oh, I'm getting chills just thinking about that era. It turned out okay. It turned out okay. Thank God. It wasn't an ideal situation. Obviously we were so short staffed because at that point we should have had several employees. We were still just a tiny, tiny, tiny team. You know, we had a really successful launch. You know, things were not obviously as they were expected or planned to be. We got through it. There were so many challenges and so many hurdles. Like we couldn't get into a studio to shoot content because you couldn't go to a studio. So here we were mm -hmm. about to launch a brand with like 20 something SKUs in all these stores. And we don't have e-com images. We don't have beauty images. We don't have tutorials. We have nothing. We should have had, let's just say 500 assets. We had nothing. 
and we couldn't get into a studio. So finally we managed to like put everything into like this three day shoot where I did some tutorials and we did the main images for the store windows and like headshot things. And we got that. I was so naive at that time because I really truly did not understand what it takes to have a brand and what it entails. Right. I sort of had like this outside painted picture of it in my head, but it was none of the difficult stuff. It was more of like, Oh, you know, fabulous. A brand like, boy, was I in for a rude <laughs> awakening. <laughs> Literally like, so launch happened, you know, I was so excited and we had an incredible launch day. And then the next day and I was like, wait, we have no content. Like what are we posting? And everybody was just like, I don't know. And like, literally then it was like all, all hell broke loose. Cause I realized, look, oh my God, when you're a brand, like you have to literally turn out content every single day, several times a day, different platforms for the retailers, for e-com swatches. There's so many different things involved. It took us a while to sort of catch up. And for me personally, it took me a while to learn, right? Because I have a hard time kind of doing things without knowing sort of what's going on around me. And so because I am the founder and quote unquote CEO, I say quote unquote, because I'm not like your traditional CEO, I want to know what's going on, right? I may not understand these spreadsheets, but I want it to be explained to me so that I can understand, right? I want to know what the difference is between integrated marketing, brand marketing, you know, and digital marketing, right? All of these things I didn't know before that I had to literally learn and it takes time. And it was a struggle for me. It was such a struggle. And I would go home every night late from home, late, you know, go home from the office late. And I would then get on YouTube and Google and I'd be, literally be typing like, what is the difference between art director and creative director? Because I have these people on my team, but I wasn't ever sure, like, what do I ask for certain things? Because I just didn't know. And so it's months and months, literally just reading and reading and learning. And also from my team, honestly, like bugging them like crazy with just stupid questions all day, trying to learn what they do because they're all so smart. It's been crazy. It's been the biggest blessing, you guys. Boy, is it hard, man. Like It is the hardest thing I've ever dealt with. And you have to really have a particular kind of grit about you to be able to to get through it and to be strong enough to be able to take sort of all this weight and pressure. And I feel like for the first time, we just hit our one-year anniversary. And we just launched the lipstick collection and that happened simultaneously on the same day. And like for the first time, I feel there's something different now. Like I feel like I can breathe a little bit. Like we did it. We have so much more to go, so much more to do. And we have a lot of work ahead of us because we're still a tiny brand. We're a startup still. But I'm feeling so much more confident. I'm feeling optimistic. I'm feeling so excited about the future launches. If I'm being totally honest with you guys, I went through a period during the beginning of this brand where the fear and the insecurity literally crippled me. I, I was so insecure and I was so fearful um, that it didn't even allow me to sort of really understand and communicate to my team what this brand is, who we are, what is our purpose, what is our vision. And that finally went away. You know, a few months ago, it just went away. It literally just came off my shoulders. And I was all of a sudden came into the office and I'm like, this is what Makeup by Mario is. This is what we do. This is why we exist. This is who we do for blah, blah, blah. So that part was like a big, just like a big blessing for me because I was crippled before that because of the fear and the insecurity. I didn't know stepping into this, I felt like I even stopped going on social media, stopped talking to my followers because I thought, well, I can't do that now because I have a brand. So like, what if I make a mistake? Like I can't, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a retailer. And so I shut down completely. I just completely shut down. And thankfully that's gone away. And now I'm sort of getting back to the norm, back to like the old me where I'm feeling confident and I'm feeling, you know, secure. This whole experience has been honestly a blessing. I'm so, so grateful for it. I honestly, like, I can't believe that. I just kind of pinch myself every day. I can't believe that this is really happening. The dream of 20 years is really happening. Like I look around and I'm like, holy shit, like these are like, this is my, my team. Like this is a brand, like we are the real deal. And then <laughs> this is so silly, but something about the lipstick, right? I don't know what it is, but the lipstick in particular, it hits different. Like when I'm applying this lipstick on someone, it's almost like I just get chills because I see the logo etched on here. And I'm applying it. I'm like, wait, this is my lipstick? I'm like, this is like my lipstick. I literally get choked up. Like, it's hard for me to even finish the application because I'm like, oh my God. Congratulations on a year. And I have to say, I remember Kirby, when Mario launched the brand, I remember you were talking about on the podcast about how it made you excited to wear makeup again, you know, after like a year or however many months of like being at home and, you know, no one was doing makeup and we didn't have anywhere to go. Like it just 
beauty lovers like a reason to do an eye or, you know, just like we do a beautiful look like it gave us like this exciting reason to look forward to, you know, looking good again and doing our makeup. And so as hard as it was, I can only imagine starting a brand in the height of a pandemic. Like I think everything happens for a reason and everyone just was so, so excited for you to launch. So congratulations and thank you. Oh, thank you. And can we go into a little bit more about this Ultra Suede lipstick, the launch? Tell us a little bit more about the product, how you use it to achieve this signature lip lift. Oh, so the lip lift thing, uh, my team made up that name um, after I showed them my lip liner technique. And they're like, we have to give a name to this. It's so cool. The lip lift thing is actually the sculpting lip pencil. But it kind of works in conjunction with the lipstick. But um, just in general, uh, I guess I should start out by saying the collection in general, the Ultra Suede Lip Collection, which consists of the Sculpting Lip Pencil and then the Ultra Suede Lipstick. You guys probably know Halston, right? The famous sort of Halston Ultra Suede dress. And so my inspiration for the lip collection was really started with Halston, right? Because Halston is a huge inspiration to me for many, many years. I sort of relate to him on some different levels, more so than with any other kind of American designer. And so in particular with the ultra suede dress, what he did was sort of revolutionize the fashion industry, right? He was like the first American designer to become like a you know global sensation. And, you know, the fashion at that time was very stuffy and tailored and uncomfortable, right? It's beautiful, glamorous, but it was uncomfortable. And so he, he took that, kept it glam, but then made it extremely comfortable and, you know, sort of easy to wear. And so for me, that sort of like kind of ties into how I work with product, right? Because yes, I love a glam moment. Absolutely. But it, also has to work and it has to feel comfortable because if it's not, then I don't want it. You know, what's the point? So that's first and foremost, sort of what the inspiration for the, for the collection was because this lipstick is extremely comfortable. For many years, I've been vocal at my classes and in press articles and stuff about how much I really do not like liquid lipsticks. Um, you know, we had that moment of liquid lipsticks in the past several years where it was like, it was all the rage. And I never understood it because I just thought it was the most unflattering. You know, it would dry up the lips and the lips would get like tight and uncomfortable. And then you would see all the lines and like it would make everything that sort of you want to typically not show, it would enhance that. And so Amen. for me, the most important thing for lipstick was that I wanted a matte formula because I love a matte. I love how a matte grips onto the lips. We had to prioritize comfort just as much as we do the aesthetic, right? And so the formula is just that for me. It's like a, a sensorially addictive matte lipstick that just feels beautiful on the lips. It's so comfortable to keep on the lips all day. We went through some crazy amount of testing, you know, until like literally 100% of the people said that it was really, really comfortable. And then we added some more modern sort of technology in it, which is this blur filter technology. And the blur filter technology, what that does is sort of, it kind of creates like a soft focus filtered appearance to the lips. Um, and I love that sort of like a soft blurry look. And so, you know, it's a sort of next generation of matte, extremely, extremely comfortable. And basically the pencil is my little lip technique wrapped up into one product. It has a little brush on the other end because when I'm doing an overlined lip, which I often do because let's face it, I mean, it's no secret. I like to enhance, I like to lift, I like to do all that uh, fun stuff. <laughs> Essentially what the lip lifting is, is like, when I overline, I have a very specific technique and that I overline the, where the, the cupid's bow is and then right below on the bottom lip, that same area. So I just overline there. I don't really overline on the outer corners. A mistake that I often see women do is overline. But what that essentially does is that's dragging the face down. And so it's almost like you're bringing this whole part of your face down. And so what my technique is to overline in the center of the lip mm. and then you go into the lip line on the corner what this does is it lifts the lips here. And then I do the same thing on the top, overline the top. Basically, that's a fast version of it. But it literally gives a lift to the face. Now, I didn't invent this technique, but, you know, my team thought it would be cute to name it Mario's Lip Lift. There is currently a, a procedure called the Lip Lift that I think is kind of trending, right? I think I'm starting to see it a lot on social media. Yeah. I think influencers have done it and spoken about it where essentially it's a surgery. It's a real plastic surgery where they take the lip on the center and they lift it, not on the corners, on the center, similar to how I line. And what that does is it shortens the distance between the tip of the nose and the lip because as we age, that distance gets longer. And the longer it gets, apparently or supposedly, that sort of is a sign of aging. And so people do these lip lifts to kind of give, you know, like little kind of lifted look to the lip. And 
I just think it's crazy because it's like, what if it comes out wrong? Like that's the center of your face, right? And so I just feel like that is so scary. I would never do that. And it's so easy to do it with a pencil and then you just wash it off at night, you know? So I just thought it would be a nice way to share my techniques, you know, through the products that I create because ultimately my products have to have a purpose, right? I want the products to have a purpose and a meaning and I want to help uh, our consumer somehow to either shorten the time that they that they take in the morning to do their makeup to help them or to inspire them in some way because otherwise it's just a product and I don't like that for my brand. I like uh, the product to have a purpose and a meaning um, and intention, right? I want to teach them and I want to inspire them and make them smarter applicators and, and artists, you know? I can't wait to try this immediately after this interview. I'm so excited. I'm like so guilty of that overlining like underneath. I literally just did it. So what Mario was saying, one thing that y'all couldn't see, obviously, because it's the podcast, but he was at first overlining right near the corner of the lip instead of on the bottom and it just drags the face down. And so like your visual Mario was perfect. It literally just looked like right side of your face was completely lifted. So I'm obsessed. I'm wearing Annie, but I also love cam. I need to try the darker shades. I was like cracking up because one of the lipsticks is named Jeff. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, what if someone is like, Kirby, what are you wearing on your lips? I'm like, oh, it's Jeff. I love that there's just a lipstick out there named Jeff. It's incredible. (laughs) Who is Jeff? Jeff works in creative. He's associate creative director. Yeah, seriously. You've made it, Jeff. That's so funny. I never thought of it like that. Like, it's so random, right? A lipstick named Jeff. It's kind of iconic. (laughs) No, it's iconic. It's absolutely iconic. Okay. We know that you only have a few minutes. We have a rapid fire moment. We just, the first thing that comes to mind, throw it out there, but we do this with every guest and it's always a lot of fun. I'm so bad at these guys. Okay. I'll try. It's okay. You have to pick one. What's the must buy product from your line? Um, Ultra suede lipstick. Okay. Ultra suede lipstick. Okay. What is your favorite Kim look that you've ever done? 2018 and 19 Met Gala. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's two. That's fine. We'll take it. Okay. Who's your favorite hairstylist to work with? Guys, you're going to get me in trouble. I already have such beef with so many hairstylists I work with. Okay. This is going to really cause problems in my life. I would say Chris Appleton because I've just grown to love him over the years. He's such a master at hair. His approach is similar to mine. And it's just nice when you're going to work, you know that the hair is going to be good because you know that the person in charge of it Although he's driving you crazy because he's moving the head as you're applying liner, it doesn't matter because, you know, it's going to look beautiful. And so I would say him. Okay. Is there a makeup trend that you think is overhyped or that you're not into? There's a lot of them I'm not into, but I kind of love them because they're fun to watch. I would say, okay, so, you know, there's just just the whole like draping thing with the blush. I think it's really kind of cool, but like I I wouldn't do it every day on my client. It's inspired by the 70s. So like I, I love it at the same time. The whole really spiky eyebrow thing, although I love it, I don't like I can't do it to myself or on my clients because I feel like it's a little too intimidating. Okay. What is your favorite skincare product? Oh, Augustina's Bader Batter, the cream, the original cream. One thing that you actually taught me when I was actually, it was like a masterclass you did with Laura Mercier many years ago. You said, someone asked you about primer. It was like a room full of YouTubers. They're like, what? what's your favorite primer? <laughs> and you were like, you don't need a primer if you know how to properly moisturize the face. If you're not moisturizing your face properly, then maybe you need a primer. And I was like, thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, I'm still I'm still like that. I'm still like that. I still only use moisturizer. What is the signature Mario look? Like, what are the elements? What are the traits? <gasps> how do you explain this? There's so many elements, so many little elements. I would say very polished skin very, very polished skin. There's, a, I would say, a softness, right? So like there's liner, but it's softened. It's very blended. It's very blown out. It's like as much as people might even think, some people might think it's like a, you know, dramatic. Uh, there's a, I work really hard to soften every element so that it looks almost, you know, you could be born with it or it's meant to be. Okay, this is the last question. Who is a dream client you have not worked on and would like to speak into existence? Some of my friend artists that like are on a mission to work with certain people, it's like, I never even think of it really. Are they dead or alive? Either. Okay. So yeah, I would love to work with Adele actually. I love Adele. But like my dream, dream, dream would have been like Princess Diana. Like I love Princess Diana. I've loved her since I was a little boy. I still love her. She would have been my dream. 
that is a perfect answer, a perfect way to end this conversation. Mario, thank you so much thank for spending this hour with us. We adore you. I'm just going to put myself out there. If you ever need a model to go from like drab to absolutely fab, uh, grab me. Okay, great. Perfect. <laughs> I'm on a plane. I'm on a plane. We should do something together when it comes to LA or something. We talk about this all the time where you like, you know, watch what Mario is doing. And you're like, what would I look like if Mario worked on my face? Yes, literally. Guys, we should do it. It's so much fun. Let's do it. We're holding you to it, Mario. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Where can everybody find you? Where can everybody find your brand? So you can find me at Makeup by Mario on all the different platforms. And the brand you can find at MakeupbyMario.com and Sephora. Sephora online and Sephora in-store. U.S., Canada, Australia. Cult Beauty. And we are slowly expanding into some different territories globally. So, yeah. Amazing. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Gloss Angeles with Mario. Be sure to follow us on Spotify. Uh, subscribe to us on Apple. Make sure that you're following us on Instagram and Twitter at Los Angeles Pod. And of course, every product that Mario mentioned on this podcast will be on our website with links on where to buy them. So we will talk to you on Tuesday. And thanks again for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.